What's up, Internet? Welcome to episode two of Car Convos. I can't believe we're actually this far in. Uh, just want to stretch out a big thank you to everyone who's been checking out the podcast. Uh, your support means a lot, and it helps get these episodes out. So big thanks to all of you. Uh, I've been checking out the viewers' ratings. Uh, we've got a couple of people in the United States, Canada, and believe it or not, Ireland. So what's up my irish brothers thanks for coming in and checking out the podcast good day um so for i guess for today's topic i was thinking about you know what what i want i mean a lot of shit has happened this week so i've been kind of you know trying to figure out what topic i wanted to jump into for episode two especially since episode one went through so many like fucking topics how was i gonna top that but uh, I think uh, the biggest thing that has happened this week is I, me and my dad bought a new car. And you probably look, all the car geeks out there like, what car, bro? Is it a twin turbo? Is it a G57 360X fucking exhaust fan? I don't know. I'm not a big car guy. I know enough, but I'm not like super, super duper huge and on it. But uh, for those of you wondering... We bought the Cadillac CTS 4 in 2009. Uh, it's in great shape, believe it or not. Uh, we bought it for like, what, six six grand Canadian? Which in the US is probably like, I don't know, four or five thousand bucks. But uh, for the money we paid for it, it's in pretty damn good shape. Uh, essentially in Canada, you gotta get your car safety before you can drive it on the road where they just check the mechanics of it and make sure that it's up and running to road standards and, and all that. And when we got it checked out, uh, one of the mechanics that uh, some of my family members know, he checked it out and it's it's pretty good. So uh, yeah, not a bad not a bad pick. And it's, I mean, it's a nice fucking car. It's, uh, it's got a good engine. It's got, uh, I think it's 2.5 liter, three something. I don't know. Uh, dude, uh, if I don't burp in a podcast episode, something's wrong. Like, send help if I don't burp in one. So, uh, yeah, expect that at least once. You asked for it. I mean, you're here now. But, yeah. So, yeah, nice car. I I, I really like it. And uh, we've been uh, driving it around. Nice, smooth drive. Yeah, cool. Um, fuck, I'm stalling. Uh, like the car. No, I'm kidding. It's automatic. <laughs> Anyways. So, because of me buying the new car, I, I guess uh, I want to talk about you know, driving, what kind, like, being responsible with your car, being mechanically inclined, let's say, let's just say this conversation about cars, whoop, whoop, broad topic, um, I guess where I wanted to start, let me just start from my personal experience, because everyone talks from personal experience, or else, like, what the fuck, you, like, you're just talking out of your ass at this point, so, personally, when I started driving, I got my license a little bit late. Most people start getting their license around 16. I kind of fucking was lazy and, and didn't do it right away. I mean, I didn't have a car ready to go to start driving when I started getting my license. So I guess that's mainly why I didn't get it right away. I was just figuring, like, I mean, like, what the fuck am I going to drive, right? Like, why bother now? But I think in the process before, like, leading up to me getting my license... We started fixing um, an old car that my dad used to drive that was sitting in the driveway for about three or four years. And that was our project car together. And that was a a good experience with me and my dad uh, because we haven't been super duper close, but I think that was a good bonding moment for, I mean, any like father and son, you know, uh, the fucking 
typical, you know, hold the flashlight while I do the fucking work or hand me tools and shit, which as a kid is like boring unless you're like really, really into it. But it's a good learning experience. Not only just if you're paying attention, you learn like how to be mechanical, especially if your dad knows what the fuck he's doing and uh, your dad will appreciate the help. So anytime that you get a chance to be with your dad and, and help him with mechanics or building or anything that most dads like to do, it's a good, good thing to just stick around and, and fucking observe, I guess. And pay attention, please. Try. So, I mean, we fixed this car up. By the time we got it back on the road, I think I started getting my license around 17, 18. By this point, I was getting out of high school. So, I mean, most kids, the kids that had their car in high school, I guess, tip of advice, don't loaf on it don't procrastinate if you can get your license when you're 16 or start getting it do it when you're 16 there is no greater feeling than showing up at t- to your high school in your car and you don't have to walk anymore and i mean yeah all your friends are gonna ask you for a ride but i mean why not you have a car it's it's a cool feeling it makes you feel a little bit more responsible in a time where everyone is kind of still a kid you know or like a teenager so um, I waited. I didn't get it in high school. I didn't get my car until after I turned 18. I was like after I graduated. But nonetheless, I had my own vehicle. And some, you know, the rich kids in school, some of the kids with, you know, generous parents with a little bit more money bought their kids, you know, a BMW or a, a Jeep, a Mercedes, brand new cars, which is fine. I mean, it's nice to have a nice car, but I think, and I think this is more of like the bulk of this topic, is driving a shitbox. Yeah, they're called shitboxes for a reason. Because they're boxes on wheels, and most of the time they're shit. But there's a reason why I think it's important to drive a shitbox as your first car. And hell, even maybe your second car. The reason for this being is I think it teaches you a lot about maintaining a vehicle because from my experience buying a new car usually you won't have any problems with it for a good year or two besides like an uh, an oil change here and there which mind you doesn't take a lot of mechanical knowledge to you know do an oil change either yourself or take it to a place that will do it for you so when you drive a new car yeah you'll just drive it and drive it and drive it and you won't really learn much because you won't really have to take much care of this car because it's brand new. There won't be many problems until at least three or so years into driving this car as long as you make sure that the fluids are filled. It's basic maintenance. But I think it's important when you start driving to drive a car that is, you know, a little bit shitty. Yeah, I mean, they're kind of shitty. Excuse my language. My car was a piece of crap when I when we fixed it. I mean hell yeah We fixed it, but we barely just caught it on the road. I used to drive uh, when I fir- my first car was a Dodge Magnum 2007 I believe which um, Awesome car. I mean, I mean I had a sh- I had this sh- it was in fucking shambles But it, it you know, it was a cool car a big car mind you but uh it was, uh, it was a pretty good first car for me to drive, but this car had problems. One of, the, one of the biggest problems was the fuse box was totally fucked up. And if you don't know what a fuse box is, it's basically where 
You have a bunch of electrical components that connect to the rest of the car and powers up most of the electrical things in your car, like your radio, your alternator. Uh, well, your alternator charges your battery, but besides the point, it, it's all it's all your electrical stuff. So uh, the fuse box had problems. Most of the fuses were either blown or just their connections were bad. So most of my electronics in that car didn't work which was bad uh the biggest one that was dangerous was my windshield wipers barely worked i remember i think one time i was coming home from work i used to work in brampton ontario uh and i was coming home from work and it just started pouring rain and we have we kind of jerry-rigged the fucking fuse box to have the, the windshield wipers go but the it would always like blow out that fuse would always blow for some reason i think the current was too much because the other fuses weren't getting enough power it was directing power more to the windshield wipers so it would frequently stop working and on the one day i fucking needed them the fuse blew and i had no idea what the hell i was doing so i had to essentially drive home without windshield wipers in like like pouring heavy rain my strategy was essentially just follow the red lights in front of me of the truck which is dangerous as fuck don't do this if this is happening you don't have windshield wipers maybe just sit put for a bit but i did not want to fucking stick around i just got off work i mean who wants to fucking stick around after work nobody uh so i mean thank god i got home but it was super dangerous but it made me want to maintain my fuse box, maintain my windshield wipers, because I didn't ever want to be in that position again. It was it was a very, like, stressful situation, especially getting off work. It was like, oh, fuck. Like, I just finished this shift, and now I gotta worry about this. I gotta worry about dying. I mean, I was already dead after work, but now I could, like, literally die. Which, I mean, whatever, I'm just fucking... I die, I die, but don't have that mentality, that sucks. Uh, yeah, I mean, no, I mean, so yeah, the fuse box always used to blow. Boom. First problem. Another problem that I had, which was really scary, was my alternator broke. And the alternator is basically a generator. It gen The more you, like, when you drive your car, it'll generate electricity for your battery. Um, so that's why your car battery doesn't die while you're driving it. So... Basically, my alternator broke out, and I was on the highway at the time, and it basically stopped all the electrical components that were controlling the rest of the car. My, my car on the highway started to slow down, down to, I, mean, I think, 80. The speed limit was 100, and most people drive at, like, 110, 120 on the highway. Uh, for those of you in the U.S. or anywhere else with Imperial, switch to metric, first of all. Uh, <laughs> come on. <laughs> Feet? Like, when someone's, like, 10 feet, like, what? When I was a kid, you know what I thought that meant? I thought that meant, like, 10 of my foot. Uh, which is stupid. Also burp. Uh, but, yeah, stupid. So, I mean, obviously it doesn't mean that, but come on. Meters. Everyone, just switch to meters. Everyone else is doing it. I know you guys want to be the rebels. U.S., I'm looking at you guys specifically. Still love you, but, yeah, come on. Let's, let's just all, let's all just do metric. Uh besides that rant uh yeah so alternator would break and i'm i'm basically slowing down to 80 kilometers an hour and i'm going slower than everyone else and everyone's beeping at me i'm freaking out i'm going to work mind you so i'm gonna be late already uh and i had to call my dad to come pick me up on the side of the highway with his truck jerry rig a fucking 
I had to follow him behind him and we basically went down to where my work was and tried to fix this thing as best as we could. But I guess the point of me telling you guys all these stories is that even though it sucks when it happens and even though it's it's kind of dangerous that these th- these things will happen on your car, it teaches you to pay attention to these parts. You start to learn the parts that make up your vehicle, which is a good thing to know. Me personally, I didn't know fucking jack shit before I started driving. I didn't give a fuck about cars. Every, I mean, uh, I come, I, I'm half Italian, and most and most Italian families, older generation, even some of the new, they it's all they love talking about cars. We're a bunch of greaseheads, grease monkeys. It's just, I guess, part of the culture. But uh, my dad would always talk about cars with my uncles and my cousins, and I would just sit there and be like, I don't, I like the red car. I don't know what the fuck. <laughs> I like, I like Honda, I guess. So I didn't know anything going into it. And after driving for the past, I guess, what, four years now, I've learned so much that now I can kind of be involved in a conversation like that because I've had to deal with so much shit going wrong with my vehicle. I think it's important that everybody sort of knows how to diagnose these problems. It'll save you some money and it'll also help you figure out what you do need to fix when you need to fix it. You'd be surprised how many people just hear a fucking noise happening on the car. And they're like, "Ah, well, if I turn the music up and just ignore it, it'll go away. And it doesn't. (laughs) But they think it does. And then next thing you know, next week, you're fucking stranded in the middle of nowhere because something blew up on your car. And then you got to spend who knows how much money to have someone else who knows more than you to fucking fix it. When it could have been a job you do yourself. So, um, I've learned a lot from driving these kind of piece of shit cars. Uh, the second car that I bought was a Ford Fusion from 2006, which was um, supposed to be a car in good condition. I bought it off one, uh, when I was bartending. One of, one of my bosses let me buy it off of him, and he didn't mention some of the problems that it had when I bought it. So I thought I was getting a good car with no problems. It turned out to be another beater, which in retrospect, I'm glad that I had, even though I complained about it because you always complain in the moment but you look whenever you look back on a bad experience you you think fondly of it because it taught you something and if you want to hear more about that check out episode one i kind of go more in depth about uh you know failing and about stuff yeah stuff but uh this car was in pretty decent shape uh it was 15 year old car i bought it with 140,000 kilometers on it which is insanely good for a 15 year old car in 2019 so uh, i thought i had a winner here and slowly i started having problems one of the biggest problems that i have in that car is the alignment if you don't know the alignment is essentially how straight your wheels are set up on the axle it's basically the way your wheels are connected to the car is it's a big like metal bar and then on the other side is your wheels are connected and if the alignment is not right one wheel might be a little bit crooked or it might be on a different angle and this can screw up how your car turns or drives straight you might feel your wheel will tug to one side or the other side it can be uh, it can be a real pain in the ass and even it could be serious if it's bad enough so um this is going to lead into another thing. Sorry, I'm taking a sip of Gatorade. Gatorade's so fucking good, man. It's bad for you. 
but it's so fucking good. My favorite flavor is the fucking frosted cherry one. Glacier cherry. This shit is amazing. I mean, if I was gonna make a mixed drink with this, I mean, hell yeah. Mm. We'll come back to the we'll come back to the Ford, but I kind of want to I kind of want to jump into mixed drinks. This is like calling back to the pilot episode about alcohol, but yeah, dude, fucking mixed drinks are the most fun thing to make, and I think uh, if if you could learn like maybe one or two mixed drinks, I'm telling you, at a party or a family thing, you will totally totally gain some fucking some respect points right there like grand theft auto san andreas like respect plus just like comes above your head when you like pull off one of these uh my favorite one to do which is always impresses people uh was the whiskey sours mostly because you have to make the simple syrup on your own simple syrup is essentially just uh you heat up water and sugar the sugar uh, turns into like a syrup and then you mix it with like lemon and uh some other stuff and uh, it's, it's used to w- make the whiskey sours. But because you got to do all this, like, fucking, like, setup, people think, like, Woo, whoa, this is, like, a serious drink. Because he's got to fucking make it. It's like food, you know? Like, cooking. Cooking's, like, always impressive if you can, like, cook shit. Because people are, like, oh, like, I don't know what the fuck this guy's doing. He's just, like, putting all this sh- You're, like, speeding around the kitchen. You're, like, fucking, like, in a zone. They're, like, whoa. I shouldn't even like touch this guy right now. He's like hot. He's burning up. Might have COVID. I don't know. Hopefully not. Never mind. It's the kitchen. It's hot as fuck. It's the oven. Uh, but yeah, no. When you can like make food, making drinks is like way different. Cause like usually most people think like, oh, like when you when you get a drink, you just well, like pour it, pour the other thing, and then you're good. Some drinks are like that. Rum and Coke is just super simple. It's just like bang, bang, rum, Coke, done. Uh, Cutting a lime though, cutting a, a lemon goes a long way. It makes it makes it look a lot more like professional, I guess. It adds a little bit of like flair to the drink. Uh, same with like salt rimming the glass. Super like it's it's a small thing, but when people get like, because most people don't do that. People who don't know to do that, it they like when you do do it, it's like oh fuck, like I've never seen that. Or usually only like a fucking bar does that. It, it, it just adds a little bit of flair to like a simple thing like making a drink so yeah try to i don't know try to maybe just look up like maybe two or three recipes it'll it'll fucking you do you'll be a superstar at, like anywhere so yeah fucking whatever uh fucking gatorades i'm gonna take another sip sorry i'm getting sidetracked i'll go back to the ford now ah, damn so yeah the fusion the alignment was bad apparently there's a power steering leak if you don't know it's a it's a line that it's like a tube that goes through to the wheel helps your wheel turn back into position when you let go of it and it was leaking so every so often I have to fill it up with power steering so i mean as long as i like make sure it's good it's not a problem but when it does run low on power steering fluid oh fuck dude this thing makes a fucking loud ass noise it, it just starts going I mean, not like that because it's from my face but i mean it was super loud and it attracts a lot of attention so i was basically a walking traffic stop or a driving one i used to get pulled over all the time because my car just looked like a fucking accident waiting to happen which it kind of was but because i've been i already drew drove a, a shitty car 
I was kind of used to dealing with these kind of problems. And I think in the end, it made me a little bit more of a better driver. Because when you do eventually get a nice car that you don't have to worry about this stuff, you can finally like relax a little bit. You can finally use like all the stuff that you had to maintain and you can like just worry, focus on the easy parts of driving, which was just, you know, watching the road, making sure you had gas, all that kind of making your speed known, like all those things. So, uh, yeah, I guess the moral of all these stories is it's good to drive a bad car as your first car because it'll teach you a lot about vehicles. It'll also save you a lot of money when you know how to fix these problems because then you don't have to take it to a guy who's going to charge you out the ass for these prices. I mean, I guess that's another thing is the corruption in the auto industry because it's 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 a comp it's kind of a complicated thing to learn that most people don't have the time to learn. So in the end a lot of people get taken advantage of. And I don't want to say that this is like totally true, just from like from what I if I've experienced. I mean, it's I'm just gonna okay fuck it uh i'm gonna get crucified for this i think but i feel like girls more so than guys know less about cars than guys do and it could just be because cars has always been seen as like a guy thing but i mean i know lots of girls who fucking love i mean there's just one girl from high school that i met and i still talk to her sometimes now who fucking loves cars and i can she's one of the few girls that i can text her a car picture and she'd be like oh is that a fucking cadillac cts4 i'm like yeah and she's like oh my god gay i like chargers and i'm like me too but mm, i like this car too but yeah whatever i can i'm not gonna show you guys my snap fucking pictures i mean that's private also there's some stuff on there <laughs> it's a wink wink <laughs> but yeah no I, I feel like yeah it's more of a guy thing than a girl thing but uh, the auto industry, I would, I, I think, yeah, they take advantage of, of girls mostly because girls don't really pay attention to these kind of things. And girls, for the most part, drive nicer cars. I don't think I've ever really met a girl that drove like a crap box car. Most of the time they get something pretty, pretty stable. So I think the most they've ever had to do is either like, I don't know, change change the oil even if so girls tend to be the biggest money maker for auto shops basically they will try to sell you a cheap product and then tell you to replace something that doesn't need to be replaced and if you don't know much about cars you want your vehicle to be as safe as possible so you'll pay the extra money to just have them do this thing on your car whether you need it or not most of the time you don't they're just trying to gouge you for money. And I don't blame the people who have to do this. Most of the time, it's the fucking owner's fault. They push this shit onto these kids. It's a lot of kids that work at these places because apprenticeships are huge. So some of these kids who just are trying to get into this industry are sometimes getting the bad end of it. And they basically have to do the shady business practice because some fucking grease monkey is making them do it. Yeah, I'm talking to you, Pony. It's always a guy named Tony, right? Big belly, fucking balding. Like, I don't know, smokes cigarettes in the fucking office. Or scarves. It's always a cigar. It's like fucking, you know, bring me pictures of Spider-Man or some fucking shit. I don't know. But, yeah, fucking... They, they put this business practice on these kids and then they end up, like, you know, fucking people over without even really realizing it. So, uh, 
I think it's, yeah, it's important to know what you really, really need or don't need. It could save you some money and it can help you figure out like some shady business practices. So definitely take some time to, I don't know, even just pop, even if you do drive a nice car, a newer one, just pop the hood and maybe like take a look at what is inside of it. Maybe try to, I don't know, pull up a diagram, try to identify, you know, what is actually in there. Ask questions. It's important to ask questions. Um, okay, I want to get off fucking, I'm sick of talking about cars. I'm going to get off that fucking topic. I mentioned Spider-Man earlier. Okay. This one's fun. This one's just a fucking fun one. We're just going to talk about, I mean, it's super big right now, but uh, superheroes. Dude, I fucking, I didn't give a shit about superhero movies. I didn't give a fuck growing up. X-Men, all that crap. Batman, didn't give a fuck. The only one that I did like was Spider-Man. I, I even still, like, I, I fucking love Spider-Man. But I wasn't, I wasn't like, a huge comic geek. I, I didn't read comics. I didn't go, I mean, I didn't go to the comic book store and fucking buy them and read them. I just liked the movie. The movies were essentially my introduction to Spider-Man. I think Spider-Man as a character... Dude, in school... Fucking, dude, you know what they should do? You know, you know what they should do? English class. Who fucking hates English? Me. Yeah. You really? You do? Me too. No shit. I'm just hoping somebody like was like, yeah. And I'm like, oh my god, he's talking to me. I don't. I don't actually. I can't hear you. <laughs> Maybe. I'm not gonna disclose that. I really can't. I'm not the fucking FBI. But English class fucking sucks, right? It's because they want you to... Re- it's because you're forced to read shit you don't give a fuck about. Some people like Catcher in the Rye or To Kill a Mockingbird or whatever the fuck. And kudos to you if you like that book. You probably did great on your fucking essay. But for the most part, it's boring shit that people make you read. A lot of the times it's like a book that was written like, what, 400 years ago? And I understand the mentality behind that where it's like oh this book holds up today for a reason this book is still relevant for over 400 years because of how well written it is makes sense right but in another context the world has changed a lot in 400 years right who's to say that that book written is not even really that relevant now the themes might be but the actual text the english in it what's the fucking point why are we teaching kids to fucking read Shakespeare's English. Doesn't make any fucking sense. I'm not gonna go up to somebody and be like, ye old, hey, thou thou art whatever the fuck, right? There's no point. So I think modern literature, I think in terms of character, I think if, if anyone was gonna do a character study, especially in an English class, if I was gonna be an English teacher with which <laughs> I shouldn't because I'm a fucking delinquent. <laughs> I'd probably be having all the kids smoking weed and listening to fucking Led Zeppelin or some shit, and then I get fired. But all the kids would love me. Yeah, I mean, we'd have a great time. I'd be like, dude, just fucking chill. Like, you know, I mean, don't add me on Facebook. I'm not on there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, dude, definitely fucking. I think I think some superhero origins and and the themes behind superhero comics and the characters are not only relevant today but are extremely well-written and don't get enough credit for how well-written some of these characters might be. And I'll run through some examples and uh, I'll go through like the, the big three. And if you like these guys, awesome. Like, you know, you get to hear my two cents, but uh, I'll, I, I'll start with the one I know the most, which is Spider-Man. 
and for me uh from what i've learned from you know digesting so much of that kind of product his character spider-man is is essentially the everyman his character is just he's a kid he's a high schooler uh and you know he gets bit by the spider and but when that happens he's been he's been he's kind of in the dumps he's been picked on his whole life he's basically the lowest person on the social hierarchy and he's got his two surrogate parents who love him to death but even though he has everything he could ever need he wants more because society has pushed him to his limits and find and from from being someone who had no power to having immense power and right away Spider-Man is written to be a supervillain starting out. He's written to be somebody who will use his powers for evil because he's been pushed around so much. But the one thing that prevents him from leading down that path is his Uncle Ben's word, which is with great power comes great responsibility, which is extremely extremely famous and iconic, but for a reason, because they're it's excellent advice. And it's what changes his mindset from being somebody who takes advantage of this power and uses it to get back, get revenge for all the things that have happened to him, to being somebody who does the right thing even though it may hurt him in the end. Because he knows that if he doesn't do it, no one else will. He has this power and the only one who can you have the responsibility of having this power is himself. And even though he was told this before Uncle Ben dies, when he does eventually, he realizes that because of his power, because of he did not take responsibility for his actions after, you know, there's that wrestling match and he gets angry and lets the robber go because he didn't get his money or whatever the fuck. I'm talking about the Sam Raimi movies. I know the comics is fucking different, but the fucking movies are awesome. Fucking yeah, uh, Nickelback. Uh, I, I don't know, fucking Nickelback. Whatever. I'm not gonna go into. Uh, anyways, so back on topic, he he lets the robber go and and in turn, Uncle Ben dies because of his actions. And he does kill the robber. It's the first. It's one of the only people he does kill. Uh, he reflects. He realizes that the only that it it would disrespect Uncle Ben to not follow his words. And he lives by that motto for his entire time as Spider-Man. And it changes him as a person. He he changed. That's the point where Peter Parker evolves from being just a kid from Queens into the Amazing Spider-Man. And I think what makes Peter Parker so re- so relatable as a character, even Spider-Man, is how much Peter Parker is just as important as his alter ego. You know, I mean, Batman, Superman, whatever, like, they can do superhero shit while they're not, like, being superheroes. Like, you know, Batman owns fucking a billion dollars. He can just fucking go into his Batcave and do Batman shit. He's got a party at seven. Like, you can just go up there, do his shit, and be like, oh, I gotta go. He's a billionaire. What is? What, what are people gonna say? No, get back here? No, fuck you. I'm a billionaire. I don't give a shit. You go to the Batcave, do bat, Batman shit, and then be like, okay, I guess I'm done with my Batman stuff. I go, you know, like, he's, people probably think he's just watching, like, porn or something. Like, he's like, no, I'm fucking fighting. I could be if I wanted to, but, you know, I got the back computer. <laughs> I got access to everything. I wonder if he does. He probably does have, like, a bat fap. Like, <laughs> fucking folder on there he's like yeah Catwoman pictures no one has these <laughs> and even superman like dude the everyone knows who's like he's superman every like superman can do whatever he wants because he's fucking superman i mean clark kent even if like he can have lois lane because he's the fucking strongest person on the planet like what are people gonna fuck with him like nobody's gonna fuck with him 
the aliens don't give a shit about his girlfriend. Like, they just want to destroy the whole fucking planet. So, Superman doesn't have much risk, like, being his normal self. Peter Parker, on the other hand, is still juggling the struggles of growing up while being a superhero. Could you imagine having that much responsibility and stress on yourself? Could you imagine going to school, having an SAT, having a test to study for, while also risking your life to save people? You know, trying to have a girlfriend, but realizing I can't because if anyone finds out, then she's going to end up in danger. He sacrifices so much of his personal life to keep this alter ego going. In realistic terms, it's not fucking worth it to be Spider-Man. Peter Parker suffers every time in the end, but he continues to do it. And the reason why is because of Uncle Ben's words, what he was told, his advice. That he's the only one who can bear this burden, who can have this responsibility. And if he doesn't do it, no one else will. So no matter how much Peter Parker gets beat down in life, he continues to get back on the horse. He continues to fight for what's right, because that's the right thing to do. And I think as a character, when, when like as something to resonate with, because he's just a regular guy, it's easy to relate to him. I think relatability is so much of what makes Spider-Man so special. I think that's why a lot of young people really like Spider-Man is because, I mean, he's such a relatable person. He's such a relatable character. We've all been in that position before where we fucked up. We've, got, we've had our ass kicked and we thought, you know, what's the point? Why is it worth it to continue doing this? And we realized that if we don't continue doing this, who else will? So I think, yeah, Spider-Man's a great character in that point. Moving on from Spider-Man, I want to talk about fucking Batman. I didn't give a fuck about Batman growing up. Batman was annoying as shit. Everyone was like, we're Batman's fucking smartest guy. Like, he's all like annoying. He's like, you know, the, the dark knight, the fucking, where is he? Where's the character? Where's Rachel? Like, I get it. Okay, whatever. He's scary. Okay, whatever. I'm like, but what the fucking, it's just like dumb. But, but recently, recently I've started to like really get into Batman and I'm starting to like him a lot more starting to understand his like fucking character a little bit more batman is is kind is, is a cool character but he has flaws i think i think spider-man is fucking perfectly written but i think batman has a couple of flaws but it, when you ignore them and just fucking let him do his shit it's he's a little bit better i think what makes batman so special is he's just a regular guy i mean he's a billionaire yeah but he doesn't have superpowers he's just a dude who is doing the he's risking his life every night batman is probably the most vulnerable out of like all most of the superheroes because he doesn't have this high power you know unlike iron man even though iron man is just a guy batman doesn't have fucking like superpowers he doesn't have like an armored suit he's just a guy in a fucking spandex and for some people that's a fetish but he's fighting crime could be his fetish i don't know if that's i'm not shaming anybody we live in a weird time but the guy just gets out there and he does his shit but i think my biggest flaw with batman is it's so obvious that bruce wayne's batman i don't know how the fuck no one's figured this shit out yet at least in the in the movies and i mean it would totally kill it if somebody found out but i mean come on for spider-man he could be anybody because he wears the mask and because he's just a regular kid. 
for you know you can't just look at spider-man's character and be like oh my god like i i connected the fucking dots and that must be peter no nobody knows who peter parker is only a few people do people who are close to him like most people in, in life you have your closest friends and your family you're not just some this superstar whereas bruce wayne is a fucking billionaire this guy's got all this fucking money he can do whatever he wants and everyone knows it he's he's like the most important person in gotham and then this superhero guy shows up and he's got all these fucking high-tech gadgets and shit we're like like ex- hold on are you kidding me hold on okay so let's think the most powerful fuck then this new superhero guy with all this insane technology i've never seen before is and then also bruce wayne who has the most fucking money in the world who can do whatever he wants hmm i wonder who batman is duh it's bruce wayne but i get it i get that like they're not supposed to find out and like suspend your i mean whatever but like it's that's the kind of shit i'm talking about where he's just not as well written as some other characters out there and i think um iron man for the th- i guess my third example is another fucking dope character that has just been written he seems like a character that is written to be cocky and shitty and someone who like is good but you know has this has this fucking asshole douchebag side but i think what makes iron man special is his relationship with his father which i think is at the core of what his entire you know crusade is is about because he's always constantly living in the shadow of his father tony stark always wants to be his goal is to be as good as his father but his father was somebody who wasn't very highly looked upon he was somebody who was a drunk he made weapons that killed people he made billions of dollars he killed a lot of relationships he was not the greatest guy and he didn't have a great relationship with his son but nonetheless tony stark still looks up to him and i think the biggest revelation from I think it happens in Iron Man too. They didn't flesh it out as much as they could, but it's still kind of there. Is Tony eventually learns to accept himself aside from being somebody he's not or somebody that he shouldn't be. And when he comes to this realization, he becomes a better he becomes a better Iron Man because of it. And that's a that's a great kind of story to think about because some people do go through this. Some people are constantly trying to impress somebody. They're trying to impress their girlfriend. They're trying to impress their father. They're trying to impress their mom, their friends, or whoever. Sometimes it's not about impressing other people. It's about being comfortable with yourself. When you're comfortable with yourself, you don't have to worry about what other people are thinking about. Because as long as you got you, you're fine. You can be in the middle of the fucking desert. And you can be like, hey, I'm good. I got me. I'm good. I mean, I'm probably going to die of thirst. But I mean, I got myself. And we're we're going to die together, me and me. And me. <laughs> Don't don't wander out into the Sahara by yourself. That, that's not good. I haven't done it personally. I don't plan on doing it. It'll be fun. Not the dying part. The fucking traveling part would be cool. But uh, yeah, that's that's Tony's character is trying to be more like his dad, trying to impress somebody. And the relatability there is that you shouldn't try to impress people. You shouldn't try to be more like someone else. You should just be yourself because everyone's. Everyone is, and I know there's like a big thing right now. It's like, you're not fucking snowflakes. You're not special. Everyone tells you you're special. There's, there's a little bit of truth there. Not everyone is special. Okay. 
you're special as in you're the only one you're the only you that is ever going to exist there's not going to be another john fucking nick a melissa becky i hope there's no more becky <laughs> just kidding any beckys out there still love you i've never met a becky but uh, you are one of a kind the only thing is is that even though you are one of a kind people tend to follow a lot of cliches and traits so in the end you're you are you but there's slight things about you that just make you like everybody else that's uh something most people learn in high school some people don't learn it ever but uh for me i realized uh that most people just kind of even though the, the more you try to be unique you end up following another crowd anyways some people and do do most people who set trends most of the time it's celebrities are unique and and they find this way to be different and then people just start following them problem is is when people start following you you're no longer unique anymore because everyone's doing it and that's the problem with people being told that they're special their whole lives in a sense it's true you are special and that there will only be one of you but your personality is molded to some kind of group at one point or another you, you, you develop hobbies. You start liking things, right? I mean, for fuck's sake. How many people like playing the guitar? You think you're special because you play guitar? <laughs> no. Everyone plays... Some people... A lot of people play guitar. You think you're special because you're good at video games? Dude, there's a Korean guy that's always going to be better than you. I get my ass kicked in fucking CSGO all the time. <laughs> Fuck that guy in COD, dude. He fucking... Fuck, I think he was hacking bottom line is is there's like always going to be somebody who does kind of the same thing as you not exactly to the t but somewhat so guys stop thinking that like you're the fucking only person to discover something or figure something out somebody else has either already done it or is doing it at the same time but that's fine it's what makes you you it's fine to be like part of a group it helps you like identify who you want to be it helps you identify yourself a little bit it's good to have like-minded people. So, um, wow, we're hitting 42 minutes. I, I talked about fucking superheroes in this one. You guys are going to stop listening to these. I hope not. Fuck. So, yeah, I guess, um, thanks for sticking around, dudes. Uh, I saw a gas station guy today. You guys probably remember him from the last podcast. He was teaching me a little bit of Greek which is fucking, what do you say to me? He's like, okay, megalo. I'm probably fucking butchering it. But uh, it basically means big. I, I bought smokes, large king. It's like the bigger ones. And I was like, megalo to buy the big ones. That guy's so fucking cool, man. He's such a fucking weird character. There's, I mean, so many like weird characters. And, and I live in this place called Streetsville. It's kind of like small town USA. Everyone, where everybody knows your name kind of thing. It's like, you know, like the 50s, where you're like, hey, Meg, hey, hey, Ryan, how's it going? And you're like, yeah, I'm having a great time today. Have you seen John? He's like, he's at the grocery store. I might pop in for a little bit of a drink. Are you going down to the diner for Sundays? And it's like, what the fuck are we doing? Why are we talking like this? Because it's the 50s. The fucking, the fucking 50s. I love the 50s. It's a fucking cool, cool decade. Fuck it, we'll make this one a little bit longer. I, I kind of want to talk about decades for a second. Think about your, like, favorite decade. If you like this decade, cool, good for you. I mean, this decade fucking blows. Um, But no, it's all right. It's had its moments. But uh, for me, it's it's hard to say because I listen to a lot of, like, old music. 
from a lot of like different decades but i think my favorite one was probably the 80s which is i know everybody fucking loves the 80s but i i, I grew up like in i grew up kind of like i had a lot of like old stuff growing up because my parents didn't really buy it, it was like basically if it wasn't broken don't 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 fix it so i had a lot of like old shit growing up so my parents pretty much took care of their stuff so, uh, but I think I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm definitely influenced a lot by that, that era, but I think the eighties, what makes it so special is just how different it was, just how contained that, that generation of, of people, like the way society was at that time, it was very much the way that we are now, but just with less going on, it was a lot, it was just a very simple kind of time for a lot of people it was very mu- it was very much just you know do your own thing and uh, be creative it, it was definitely a huge like creative boost for a lot of people i mean look at how many iconic franchises came out of the 80s you know you have stuff like the ninja turtles fucking mario uh nintendo i don't fucking uh, whatever pogs no nah, nobody plays a pogs anymore <laughs> Uh, but yeah just it was such an influential time for a lot of people and the music was so it was different the computers were getting more powerful people were starting to you know develop technologies i think a lot of like what we have today was invented in that time it's a really cool like weird time to to look at in terms of like the way the world was just but yeah, dude, 80s was fucking super dope. I love the 50s, too. The 50s was a cool time, too. It was just... Dude, 50s was super simple. It was just like, hey, your name's Johnny. You're going to school. You're going to study whatever the fucking... Whatever. You're going to wear a varsity jacket like everybody else. And drive the same fucking car like everybody else. And you're going to pick up a girl named Sally like everybody else. It was just like, hey, these are the rules. Follow them. But the problem with that was just everyone was so, like... Everyone was so limited. If you wanted to live a simple life, you could. But people who wanted to do what they wanted to just really couldn't. They were looked down upon. Which kind of sucks, but... Also, the world was in black and white. I think color was invented in the 60s. Everyone just got colored. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking dumb. Anyways, I'm out of shit to talk about for today. Thanks for sticking around, everybody, and and listening to it. If you'd like to see more of these, you can shoot me a DM on my Instagram. uh, Anthony underscore Liute. Um, that's, yeah, that's pretty much it. Just, um, thanks for sticking around. I hope to see you guys again real soon. Peace. Whoop, whoop.